I think that is very key in communications. When you nod your head and pretend you understand something and you don't, you're only hurting yourself down the road. So don't be afraid to ask questions. That whole no question is dumb. I, I really think you need to hold on to that and, and say, if you don't know something, be brave enough to say, can you explain that further? Welcome to episode 54 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. Today, we've got Jennifer Livingston joining us. Jennifer was the morning anchor on WKBT here in La Crosse and is now the community engagement director at Mayo Clinic Health System. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. Super excited to be here, Andy. Thank you for having me today. Studio 54, is that what I'm getting? We're episode 54. Oh, geez. Of course. Yes. Huh? Yes. We are right in uh, <laughs> in Studio 54 here. Yes. Jen has way more uh, on-air experience than I do. So she's, uh, she's definitely, this is the Jennifer Livingston show today. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. So uh, Jen is our first guest in our mini-series on organizational communication. Uh, last week, uh, Dan Strafford and I uh, introduced the concepts, uh, but today we're going to tap into Jen's experience as a journalist to help us think through some of the best practices in communication to form a solid baseline for our episodes that will follow. But as we always do, Jen, before we get started, it would be great if you told our listeners your story. My story. So, my story starts off in Marion, Iowa. I uh, was born in Marion, Iowa. I am an Iowan. I'm the daughter of a, a Lutheran pastor. My mother was a Lutheran pastor when she was still working, and my dad was an aerospace engineer. They're both still alive and still live in Iowa. Um, I have three brothers who pursued careers that took them to California, and that's where they are all residing today. I graduated from Wartburg College in Waverly, Iowa, with a PR and a broadcast journalism career. A while ago. And um, I graduated and sent out resume tapes, old VHS tapes all over the country when, uh, when I was first looking for a job. And a woman by the name of Ann Poppy called me and offered me my first reporting job here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which I was initially just going to be a, you know, a, a blip on my on my map traveling to larger places. And I just fell in love with this community and eventually fell in love with my husband here, and we were married. We've got four biological kids and one foster daughter right now that are nice. uh, 20, 17, 13, 11, and 6. And yeah, as you said, I worked for at WKBT for 25 years. Most of the time there is their morning anchor and have just recently transitioned to a brand new job where communications is very important. <laughs> Wow, that that that's a wonderful story. And uh, for our listeners who don't know where Marion, Iowa, is, it is a, a suburb of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, kind of in the center uh, east uh, of 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 the state uh, of Iowa. One of those. Uh, "Quote unquote flyover states that everybody on the west coast or east coast, uh, uh, you know, think thinks of of Iowa. Um, you know, if you had to pick one event in your life that was just a real accelerant for your career, other than Ann Poppy uh, uh, picking you up, what would that be? You know, when I think back on sort of the pivotal moment in my life that's that that sent me." into 
journalism with just all of the gusto that I had. It was, it was back when I was a senior in college and I came home having been so excited to learn I was getting an internship at KCRG TV in Cedar Rapids and really excited over Christmas to share with my extended family that I was getting my foot in the door into journalism and, and this was going to be my big opportunity. And I remember explaining this to my family my grandfather, who was wonderful in so many ways, but had a real old-fashioned version of women. Um, and he said to me, nobody's going to hire you when you weigh that much. Basically oh. kind of summed up to me that, that there, there was nobody that was going to offer me an opportunity when I was the size I was. And a lot of people, I think, would crumble at something like that. And it would really hurt their confidence in a way that maybe would move them to a different route. But for me, it was what I needed. It did the opposite. It made me more determined than ever to prove him wrong and to go charge into this internship and to take every opportunity that I could to learn and um, realize what I needed to do to get my foot in the door of an actual television station with a job. And I remember going back then after I did get that offer to say, just so you know, you were wrong. And I'm going to, to live out my dream. And he later apologized for that. He did some coming around and, you know, before he passed away, he, he made sure to let me know that he was wrong in, in a lot of different ways about the way that he sort of judged me and my opportunities. And so that was a, a really sort of full circle moment for me, but that was the one that really set me off into to being so excited and, and ready to go. Yeah, what one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to talk to you today is because you are, uh, in my estimation, one of the most courageous and uh, and brave individuals uh, that uh, that I have the pleasure to be uh, acquainted with. Uh, and for our listeners, uh, we have listeners all around uh, all around the world. Uh, for listeners who don't know Jen, uh, you know, look look her up in her career. She's just been this. Uh, rock in the La Crosse, uh, Wisconsin community, and uh, totally unapologetic and unafraid of uh, of of who she is. And we can all uh, take uh, and uh, many lessons from how you have carried yourself uh, over over the years. So, so thank you for that. Well, thank you. I, that means a lot coming from you. And this this community has embraced me every step of the way. And I feel like I wouldn't have been able to do some of the things that I've been able to do without feeling that support behind them. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talk about human skill a lot on this, uh, on this show and, uh, you know, those are learned, uh, skills of workplace bravery, workplace courage. Uh, we're not going to talk about that today, uh, <laughs> but, but we, we have had episodes there. So there, there's that, that connectivity, uh, but we're here today to talk about communication uh, communication typically ranks in the top 10 on many lists of skills for the future. What advice do you have for our listeners to improve their communication skills? Any specific tools that you'd recommend? You know, I hear you say that. And then isn't it such a head scratcher to, to see how many people are so bad at it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so important and it is really an every industry communications is, is key. And if you don't learn early on how to master it, it's, it's really going to hurt you um, along the way. 
And, um, you know, I would say even in my job as a journalist, I would really be surprised over and over again, how many people in a communications field were bad at communicating. Um, so as far as tools, I really just, I try to live by sort of three, three things, which is don't ever assume people know something. Don't ever assume that, um, the person that's new to the table has been taught something. Don't ever assume that the person who's been at the table forever remembers something. So it's really important to just set it up at the beginning. If you're talking about a certain topic, to come at it with a brief overview and communicate so that everybody gets to the same page before you can go forward. Because if you make all of these assumptions and not everybody's coming at you from the same place, you're not going to get very far with whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Um, the second thing that I, I live this in work and at home, which is don't ever let issues pile up. Don't take on something that, you know, a coworker has said to you and you just brush it off and you let it go and you let it go. And then finally it's building up in you and you're just angry. And by the time you really speak out about it, you're doing it in a way that nobody's going to want to sit at the table and hear you out on or communicate with you. And I mean, that can be applied in so many areas of your life with your children and with your spouse and um, so I just think it's really important for you to feel like when something comes to me that I want to bring up, you do, and you raise the question at the time when it's a low level issue and not something that just generates a lot of problems down the road. Yep. And three, which I live by, I'm doing a lot of these days in a job I've been at seven weeks, which is don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that is very key in communications. When you nod your head and pretend you understand something and you don't, you're only hurting yourself down the road. So don't be afraid to ask questions. That whole no question is dumb. I, I really think you need to hold on to that and, and say, if you don't know something, be brave enough to say, can you explain that further? There are so many um, so many different um, things right now that are happening to me. I mean, the the acronyms that I'm having to figure out and the work right now. And people just speak in acronyms and I just have to stop and say, can you go back five acronyms ago and like figure, tell me what it is that we're, we're speaking about? Because I just, if I didn't, I'd be so lost. And so I'm not afraid to raise my hand and say, can you do that one more time for me? Can you explain exactly what it is that you're trying to communicate? Because I'm not on the same page yet. And I think if you do those three things, it's really going to help you down the road. Yeah, ac uh, acronyms are uh, absolutely the the devil uh, for people who are you know joining uh, a new culture, a new corporate culture. Uh, at at Kaplan uh, Professional, uh, we actually in in the employee binder, um, digital and in the old days physical, we actually had a list of acronyms and oh. what and what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so great. I mean, I would carry that like a Bible right now yeah. if I did, because in healthcare, there are just endless acronyms for so many different levels. And so I'm coming at a new job with not having that familiarity. And there's a lot of, but it's funny when I would, a couple of times, Andy, I've actually raised my hand and said, can you tell me what that stands for? And a couple of people look at each other like, what does that stand for? Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they, don't, they really they, don't they can't know. even remember. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I might be teeing up our real softball here, but what's the relationship between active listening and communication, you know, you know, from your perspective, how important is listening to the equation? Oh, I think honestly, 
listening is the most important thing. Um, because if you, if you come to the table and you're a person that likes to just hear yourself speak all the time, you're not getting anywhere with the people that you're trying to be communicating with because you're not giving them an opportunity and a platform to be able to tell you what you need to know to go forward. So if you are not a good listener as a leader, you have got to do some training to get yourself to be able to hear what the people that are, you know, trying to help you run your business, run, run your organization, your committee, whatever it is, you've, you need to figure that out because, um, it's going to hurt you in the long run. If you are not someone that can stop, pause and ask for other opinions around the table or on zoom or wherever it is, um, that when I had my interview for Mayo, I specifically said, I think one of the things that I've learned over my time as a journalist is to know when to stop talking and to when to just let someone else step in and hear their voice. Because that's where you're really going to grow as a communicator is listening to what other people need and how you can help them go forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, the message here for leaders and managers, especially uh, younger managers who are, uh, or first-time managers, they don't have to be young. Uh, the uh, first-time manager can be my age. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's, that's just a, a, such an important lesson. You know, uh, I, I've had many salespeople in my life uh, tell me the old adage, we were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> And, <laughs> I haven't and that, heard that. Uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it, it's a really good one, and it uh, it's it's stuck with me for a long time. Um, you know, ma- many leaders ignore building communication skills in their teams because they make the erroneous assumption that everybody already knows how to communicate. Uh, you know, we're 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 all adults in the workplace. Uh, we've been communicating for years. You know, why is that a false narrative? Uh, really, the question is, why is communication so hard? <laughs> it's such a great question. And I think there are two sides to this. I do think that there's the responsibility of the leaders, of the managers of the world to create an environment where people do feel comfortable communicating. Because if you aren't taking a second to allow other people to to hear their voice and to share their thoughts and their opinions, then that's on you. You're not making it an atmosphere where you are allowing people to communicate. But then there's the other side of the coin, which is that you need to be brave enough to speak up to your managers and to have a dialogue with your leaders. I've, you know, in, in journalism, we, we sit there and we, we have a news meeting every day and you talk about what stories you think you're going to cover for the day. What, what's maybe going to be your lead story for the day what is the community buzzing about? And you send reporters, mostly who are pretty green and new, out to, to capture these stories. And sometimes the story that we think is going to happen at the beginning of the day doesn't actually happen. And if the reporter doesn't come back to the station and say to the producer, to the manager, to the news director, this actually isn't what you thought it was and it's not going to be a great story, or the other side of that, which is, I went out and yes, we were looking at talking about um, why this specific family is dealing with uh, contaminated water, but the story is bigger than that. It's an entire island of people 
who are dealing with the problem and we really need to dig deeper into this. If they're not speaking up, we're not going to know. So it needs to be both ways. It needs to be that, that some of the leaders are willing to listen and allow a platform where everybody has a voice, but then you need to let yours be heard when you're at the other end of that. Yeah. One, one, one of your most important jobs as a manager is to help your people uh, find their voice because, you know, speaking publicly and that a glassophobia, the fear of uh, speaking publicly and the fear of challenging those in authority, those two things uh, make folks really, really clam up. Uh, now, we're going to take a really short break for a quick commercial and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. In my book, Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com. And we're back now talking with Jen Livingston. Uh, Jen, can you recall an experience in your career where you thought you had an unassailable, crystal clear message, only to find out later that the intended message was not received or was wildly misunderstood? What, what can we all learn from that experience? Well, you know, Andy, I think you, you referenced this at the beginning um, for people to look me up on the internet. You know, I had this really crazy experience happen back in 2012 where, um, you know, something that I said on television that I really intended to be sort of a local conversation happening here in our community went viral and, and ended up around the world. And that was positive, but it also had some negative aspects because, you know, I was calling out somebody who wasn't very nice and I used the term bully. And then that comes back to, well, there's an actual definition for bully. And, um, and a lot of people really thought that I was the one being a bully because I called this person out um, for sending me a letter, but I'm the one that has sort of a platform to be able to speak more um, to a wider audience. And so I, in that situation, I thought, wow, I really, you know, this person ended up being the target of some backlash because of what they said to me, um, because I used the word bully and a lot of people took that to heart. And a lot of people also came back and said, no, he wasn't really, you're the one who's um, making this a person, an example of, and he doesn't have a platform now to fight back. So that was a really interesting situation. I mean, there were so many positives that came from that because I do think, um, me speaking out about weight and about kindness and, um, being more compassionate and social media platforms and, and the way that we're able to just be sort of like keyboard, you know, bullies out there. Yeah. It did have some some learning lessons for myself, which is to just make sure that you're really careful with the words you choose. And when you're communicating a message that you're doing it in a way that's positive for everyone and, and doesn't allow yourself to be interpreted as misinformation. So I learned from that experience as well, what not to do going, you know, down the road. And, um, it was really helpful. Yeah. My, my dear wife, Linda, is uh, an equestrian. Uh, she, she rides horses and in the field of dressage. And in uh, dressage, there's this concept called a half halt, 
where and it's an imp- imperceptible move uh, to you know, you know when when you're looking at it, but it's it's just this little collection move uh, that's done while the horse is uh, while you're in motion, while the horse is moving, and I really love that analogy, especially here as it applies to communication, because if we can just all learn in the middle of a conversation to just take a little bit of a half halt and go. Hmm, am I, uh, do I really mean to go here? Do I really want to say this? Uh, The the world would be a lot better place. The like three second pause, wouldn't it be if you just stopped for a second and thought, nope, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Yeah, yep. yep. So true. The the world needs more two and three second pauses. Um, But let's shift gears just a little bit here. From my perspective, Good questions uh, are an important part of the formula for effective communication. We've alluded to this previously, but as I'm crafting a communications piece, I ask myself about the potential questions that people are going to ask so I can try my best to anticipate them. What's your advice for leaders and managers who want to improve their level of skill in the art of the question, because you're a journalist, you've been asking questions your whole life. Well, I can give you that from my, from, from a journalist side, but I can also give you that from as someone in leadership or who will be getting asked the questions, which is know the one or two things that you really want to get across and you want to say and anticipate maybe not being asked the question that would allow you to get that information out. Because People may come at you with their own agenda of what kind of story or what kind of information they want to get from you. And if there's something that you want to say and they don't ask the question, the best thing that you can do at the end is say, you know, and I just would like to add and then get those one or two points across because then you know if you if you weren't able or you weren't allowed the opportunity earlier to express something really important, some information that's really important that you want to get out you're giving yourself the chance to do that at the end by saying, you know, one more thing I'd like to add, or you didn't, you didn't ask this. And I want to make sure, you know, I can't tell you how many times as a journalist that I say at the end, is there anything you'd like to add? And the best response I get, the best line that I get of the whole interview, and it could have been a 30 minute interview, a 45 minute interview is the last thing that they say they right. think about it and they go, you know, you didn't ask this and I just, I'd like to add. And then it's the most personalized or it's the most heartwarming or it's where, you know, the, the connection happens. So I think if you're the person being interviewed, know the one or two things you want to make sure you get across and plan for them not to be asked. How are you going to get them in there? And if you're the person asking the questions, make sure you allow for that at the end. What didn't I ask that you'd like to make sure I know? Yeah. Yeah, we, we just all need to get uh, much better at uh, formulating uh, great questions and in the flow of, of a conversation, uh, being able to remember what, what, what was the most important thing that I needed to get out of this and then make sure that you also understand it's a two-way street, that the, that the other parties got things that, uh, that, you know, that they needed to say. We, we talked earlier about how difficult communication is. And uh, one of the things that uh, 
that, that, that I always like to remind people of is just remember that whoever you're talking to and whoever you're having a conversation with is having a separate conversation with themselves inside their head. So, <laughs> so you're, you're what dealing is my with, even, be? What is my <laughs> yeah, even if you're dealing with a one-on-one conversation, it is a multi-party conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I would also add that, um, you know, Sometimes I think there's this fear of like, I need to sound smart. Yeah. I need to, I need to be intellectually smart in this interview when your audience may actually need you to be, a, to, to, for lack of a better word, dumb it down for you a little bit because they're coming at it from a totally different place right. potentially than the information and the knowledge that you have. And so I like to say when I'm doing an interview, talk to me like you tell your mom this story or like you would right. tell your best friend this story rather than how you tell an intellectual that's got, you know, three, that a master's degree and a doctorate. You know, you, I want to hear how you would explain this to your best friend and, and give that information to me that way. And I think that allows everybody to just relax a little bit and not feel like if I don't choose the right words, it's not going to sound the way that I want it to. And you just, you know, you need to have a conversation rather than feel like you're making a statement. Right. Yeah. And in the world of business, the internal competition within an organization really comes out in some very unconstructive ways when everybody's trying to be the smartest guy or gal in the room and, and one up. Uh, I remember uh, Dilbert, there was the, there was the character oh. up, uh, what was he called? Uh, up, oh, I, I, up, I can upper, picture it. Uh, a topper uh, topper topper was the name of the character and topper always had to come in over the top with, with, with something outrageous. Um, but so as we uh, near the end of our time here, uh, we're going to turn the tables just a little bit and we're going to imagine that the younger version of you uh, it, coming out of college in Waverly, Iowa is sitting <laughs> right in front of you. So you have a new college graduate or an individual who's entering or re-entering the workforce. Uh, what advice do you give them on the topic of communication? Well, it is interesting that you ask this, Andy, because I happen to have a daughter who is a junior at UWL, and she came to her father and I after entering into college as a psychology major. She told us this last spring she was changing her major to communications. Oh, <laughs> and <boy>. so <laughs> that's that was dad's reaction right there. Um, and, you know, what we said to her was communications will go a long way for you in a lot of different areas. And I think it's a really smart thing. If you are not a hundred percent sure where you want to land and you're good at, at, uh, being personable, you're not afraid to ask questions. You like to learn. You like to be in an environment where you're constantly challenged. Communications is a great area to go because there are so many opportunities right now. And as you said earlier on, it's one of the most important things for so many businesses, companies, organizations today. So what I did say to her was, make sure that you're taking your communications opportunity in the broadest sense that you can, because anytime that you can be a good communicator in any experience, whether it's your college job, whether it's in an interview, whether you have an internship, and you're showing people 
that you're willing to listen, that you're willing to ask questions and that you're willing to continue to communicate and, and advance the way that you're learning, I think it's, it's going to do well for you along the way. I, I, I was excited to hear that she was going to do this because I've really enjoyed the 25 years that I had in journalism, but I'm still in a communications role in the hospital now. And it's just so broad. There's so many ways that you can go with it, but it's so important. And so if you're good at it, I think the sky's the limit for you. Yeah. Great, great advice, Jen. Uh, so we are at time. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's just been a wonderful conversation. Uh, this is Andrew Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, on all the major uh, podcast streaming services. Please like, subscribe, and rate, and we will see you next time.